Hello and welcome to another Balance and Wellbeing podcast. My name is Sam Eddy and again I have with me Katie Walls. How are you Katie? Good. Hi everyone. So it's great to be here again and today we're talking about the magic of body intelligence how to use it to make choices your whole being loves. So in today, we're really just talking about what your body tells you in terms of your overall health. Um, is it a mirror? And we're discussing, is it at least of a mirror of your life in terms of reflecting back what's going on in your life to you? It's another way potentially of telling us what's going on or giving us important messages about our life that perhaps sometimes we ignore. We often talk about the brain and willpower um, and our mental health, but we know that the brain only makes up 2% of our body weight. So is there, in fact, another intelligence or that 98% of our body, is that another source of intelligence we can tap into to give us more answers about our whole being, if you like? So, you know, it's such an important topic, Katie, and we've talked about this before and other podcast and we as always we have a bit of a chat about this stuff and you were telling me about some wise words that came from a client or someone you were speaking to about this very topic yeah yeah it was it was gorgeous um an 18 year old was saying um that she'd really felt that her body absolutely knows what's right and what's needed and and she'd had a week where she started to really listen to that and was just blown away and she just said, oh, my gosh, you know, it's always there. Sometimes I don't listen to it and that's when things don't go so great in life. But every time I listen and I get a feeling from my body of what's needed or conversations that I need to have or she said it's never, ever been wrong. And um, I just I just thought that that was yeah very wise and very true. And then I reflected on that and I thought why then is it that we don't, you know, kind of listen to what's naturally there and, and it's like a support that we've got on tap all the time. And the thing about the body is it's very honest and quite often we don't, we don't want to have to activate, um, you know, things at that level. So it might suit us or it might mean that we'll have to let go of things that we're attached to or have those conversations that we've avoided, etc. So, um, you know, just in that little day-to-day natural prompts that your body gives you. And I was, I was working with it the other day and it, it's so true. You know, we've got so much wisdom right there that so often we're overriding, Sam. Look, yeah, it's, um, it is amazing. And I think, I know for me, it was something I really never used to tap into myself. I don't know if you've heard this or experienced this, but often we're kind of at, almost at war with our bodies. So when it breaks down, when it doesn't do what we want it to do, we're kind of almost fighting it and really um, begrudging of it because it's not performing to the level we want or, you know, I've got a cold again or I keep getting sick or I've got injured again. You know, I play a lot of tennis, so I go to the gym. So if I'm injured, I get really frustrated, whereas I guess in actual fact, the reality is my body is just trying to get my attention and give me some sort of warning and message that perhaps I need to back off, perhaps I need to look after myself and and take care. 
it, it's funny how in a lot of the discourse around health and physical health, we're just tending to override, as you talked about just then, override and push through what our body is trying to do. And it's funny how that that culture is sort of is per- pervasive sometimes, especially in the corporate world where we're often told or all the behavior we do when we get tired or physically tired is to push through. If we've got a headache, reach for a Panadol. Um, if we've got a sore back, you know, again, take a Panadol. If we're tired, get a coffee to try and get focus. Whereas perhaps it's the opposite. We should be maybe just taking a break or listening to our bodies or back off. I mean, where do you think, I mean, what do you think about that? And where do you think that comes from, that sort of culture? Totally agree because we've got huge expectations of our body and it, it's really a control. So, what, you know, you can feel so often when you're, you're just working from your head, um, not considering your body that it's like, this is my agenda, this is what I want, this is what I want to achieve and I'm not considering anything else. Whereas the body is really kind of impulsed by love, like our cells know exactly what's needed to support the whole and they won't compromise that. So, you know, there's an overriding that can happen and, and it's that pushing through. And you see it a lot of, um, a lot of times with sports training and, and athletes where they'll know their limitations because they're familiar with the body, but when the head kick kicks in, pushing it, and that's often when injury occurs. Yes. So that's just from people sharing their experiences with me, their life experiences, um, and that's what they've often said. You know, it's, it's when we're not considering the whole, that's where there'll be injuries or, you know, if you're, if you're moving around or um, inactivity of some type and, and you're continuously bumping into things or dropping things or, you know, you're, you're pushing the limitations of your body, I know that's when I've dropped things or hurt myself, etc. because I'm not considering my whole body. I'm off in my head with thoughts or whatever is happening. So, that you know, you really get pulled back to seeing you've got to consider the whole of you and that's, that's what I feel when I'm talking about considering your body. It's just like everything working together. Mm. I mean, when you were talking, it made me think of on, on LinkedIn, I posted a, vid- a video recently-ish, I think back in January when the Australian Open Tennis was on. And I don't know if you're you're a tennis fan at all, Katie, but Andy Murray was um, giving press conferences, and it was his kind of comeback match. So if you're not a if you're listening and you're not a sports fan or a tennis fan, he's been a very successful British tennis player, and he has been out with injury for a long period of time, and he was coming back to the Australian Open to sort of make a bit of a comeback. But he gave a press conference saying how much pain he's been in training. And that he just didn't think his career would, he'd be able to continue with his career if nothing improved because he'd done everything to try and correct this hip problem he's had, this chronic reoccurring hip problem. And so he was, the the press conference was really emotional because for him it was about his dream of playing tennis at the highest level crumbling in front of him because of this injury. And then... And then, interestingly, he was actually going to then play the Australian Open, but he, even though he was injured and in pain, he was still going to go through and play it. And I watched the match. He played the first round and lost in a really tough match. But you could just see him almost limping the whole time, limping the whole time. And a lot of the commentary around it was, he, you know, he's so brave, he's courageous for doing this. And I thought, look, I don't, 
I don't blame the guy for doing it. He's just so passionate about what he wants to do. But I just wondered what message that's sort of sending to people, the fact that we're praising someone who's on court, pushing through clearly obvious pain, you know, really fairly severe pain. He described it himself. And it was really hard for me to watch because I don't particularly want to see someone in pain or potentially causing themselves more damage. And it was interesting how often, and I, I don't know, I can't speak to obviously his state of mind, but perhaps culturally, generally speaking, um, the state of mind of putting success over our physical health and then how that overrides what we do in terms of listening to the body, to me, it was a really stark reminder. And I just wondered what message that sends to people who were watching, especially kids. That is such an important thing that you're, you're introducing, Sam, and you see it throughout the world. And it's like, oh, they're so brave. Look at them. You know, look at what they're doing. But the abuse then that the body has to live with, mm. like why? Why do we champion that? Why, you know, exactly, I'd feel exactly the same watching and I actually probably couldn't watch it if I saw someone who was in pain and they're doing it to, you know, push, push themselves to that extent. For what, though? And, and you know, what, what is it that we value our success on the outside to the detriment of the body's health? And, and, and what, you've, what you've introduced is actually a huge world epidemic, really, from that point of view and what is that message going out to younger generations about you know don't listen to to what your body's telling you this is this is tough this is what you need to do at all costs that's bravery etc so you know it is it is it's a harmful message because then it puts people in those situations where he feels you know i've got to do this otherwise what you know what am i achieving Yes. And then has to live with the life repercussions in his body of further damage, further pain. It, it, when, you, when you discuss it like this, it doesn't make sense at all, does it? No, it, it, is, it is crazy in one sense. Mm. And I guess it, it also makes me think that it's the, it, we're kind of, when we talk about mindfulness and using those tools around you know, present moment living um, in terms of boosting your overall sense of well-being, and with that, we're kind of almost going inward, aren't we? We're going into the body just to listen to messages. We're kind of practicing stillness, slowing the mind down, calming the nervous system down, to take pressure off the body and, and you know, rejuvenate, allow the body to recover. And, and so that's very much listening inward, if you like. But, the, but what we're talking about and, and that culture whereby we have to push through it's often to achieve these external outcomes or putting our happiness and the way Andy Murray talked about it he was you know tennis was everything to him almost mm. so his happiness was kind of or his self-worth was linked to him as a, his identity as a tennis player and the way we value external things our identities as a mum or a dad or um, a successful business person or whatever whatever it is, when we link our net worth to it, then the pursuit of that becomes all important because if we can't do it, then who are we? So that fades away. So we, yeah, that external stuff overrides perhaps the internal. So it's a real contrast. Yeah, that's it. And you get stripped for all. Mm, and it's a real, you know, exposing of society as a whole. And it's great to have these conversations because you can see that big picture and then 
you know, reflect on it personally. Okay, what what if something was taken away from me, be it my title, be it my role, um, be it identifying as a mother, etc. You know, how how would I feel? Would there be a bit of a gap there? And often people don't realize until something happens in life where that is the case. And you don't even realize that there's layers that are identified in what we do, et cetera, rather than who we are and who we nat- you know, what we naturally offer. So it's no different than people pushing themselves to climb the, the tallest mountain and then lose a few toes or fingers with frostbite or you know, have damage in their lungs, et cetera. It's like, well, at least, you know, I climbed it. I got to the top. I put my flag up there. And then you look at the body and go, yeah, but you lost yeah. two toes and a finger. Was it Was it really worth it? But something kicks in going, that doesn't matter. I did it. I did it. There's so many people that haven't done it and I've done it. <laughs> and it becomes a badge of honour, doesn't it, almost those And then you're limping around for the rest of your life. Where it's like, well, your body's actually saying it wasn't perhaps such a great idea. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. no, that that it's it's just good to expose how we align to these things um, that don't actually make sense when you when you have a chat about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, when we slow down and you know we put time aside like this, and if you're yeah. listening, and you hopefully you'll manage to put some time aside to listen. Mm. Um, you know, maybe it's now a good time just to sort of touch base with the body. Mm. Um, reconnect with the body and sort of, you know, how fast is your heart racing? Mm. How fast are you breathing? Is there tension in, in muscles? Um, and I know often when I talk to clients about this stuff for the first time, and I don't know if it's your experience too, Katie, often what people are so disconnected, especially the busy, the more busy they are, perhaps the more stressed they are, there's such a disconnection. So they might be, you might have this physical tension or this slow drip of adrenaline that's causing you tiredness or fatigue or stress, but a lot of people just can't even feel it because they're so used to it. Yeah, it's normal. Um, It's like a new benchmark of normal. Yeah, so trying to then, so it it can be sort of a a bit of a, a journey to then start to reconnect with the body and go, okay, well, what is it really telling me? You know, when I do slow down and relax and then I can start to feel the niggles because the adrenaline's subsided, you know, where is my body at and what messages, you know, are there there? Mm. And um, just going back to what we are talking about when we started is that we've got an agenda and we have that agenda. We wake up in the morning and we've got that agenda from the mind of what we want to achieve, what we need to achieve. And even if we just look at the evening, because there's a really beautiful opportunity for a wind down and a preparation for sleep. And I know, you know, when time's full, so often I've felt that tiredness come over me and really my body's saying, okay, you're ready to prepare for bed and go to bed. And then the head clicks in going, I've got to pay these bills. I've got to do this. I've got to prepare for that meeting tomorrow, et cetera, et cetera. But, but you know, you know, and then it's playing with that and going, what if, what if I actually listen to that rather than do everything my head said? What if I set my alarm for half an hour earlier in the morning and then see what it feels like to actually go to bed when my body's clearly saying I'm ready and just play with that a bit and then see what my energy levels are like during that day if I did perhaps just get up a bit earlier, do the preparation there. But if we're so fixed on just overriding and and doing, we'll never experience something different. 
so we won't know if there's a better way. So I kind of think it's pretty cool to go, okay, I'm going to start listening to my body more and then work with that and to see what works for me. Otherwise, we could be missing out. Mm. And that's, I mean, that's such great awareness, Katie, because, you know, you're able to really sense that, you know, your mind started to kick back in when you're trying to slow down or you're slowing down for the day. And I mean, how, what, what do you recommend as a way in for people just to start doing exactly or, or to getting this skills by where, whereby if they're in the similar position to you, they're able to, you know, learn or be aware of this sort of stuff and start to listen to the body and let that be their guide or, or, and know when their mind's taking over and trying to push forward. Yeah, so I feel just from experiencing and working with it and just continuing to learn um, all the time is that it's, it's like we have to be prepared to let go of the control because, you know, the mind's yes. pretty set. It's pretty <laughs> damn set. It's like, yep, no, that's what I do, that's what I'm identified with and, and I'm just going to keep doing that, that's comfortable. So it is like I was saying in that example of going, you know, someone might feel anxious if they don't complete at night everything and then say, well, I'm not going to have a good quality of sleep because I'm not doing what I need to do. But, again, that's a form of control and, and then that produces anxiety in itself versus, and this is, this is I've had to look at it and um, play with it myself. So then going, actually, you know what, Katie, you're not going to do that. Your, your body's tired set your alarm half an hour early. And what was really beautiful when I started doing that is I actually naturally woke up half an hour earlier. So even before the alarm, Interesting. And I just went, wow, yeah, exactly. And, and then I went, that's pretty cool, and started working with that more. And sure enough, it's like your body starts to go, yeah, I know what's needed in your day if you just let go. <laughs> and then we're not draining ourselves as much because it takes a huge amount of energy to be in control. And then, then I had a period where I had um, a project and lots of reports, etc. So I really wasn't getting that much sleep as such. And, and I thought, oh, gosh, you know, I wonder what the impact of that's going to be. But as I surrendered, because it was only a few days and then I knew I could catch up, etc. every time I would wake up well before the alarm and then be prepared for what was needed. And then I realised yeah, we are just so set thinking I have to get eight hours a night of sleep, etc. But if I start to go to sleep when my body's tired, then I'm more energized and have more of what I need rather than a fixed picture of what I think I need. So again, it's just it's just experiencing playing with it a bit. There's no perfection at all. But I would suggest the first thing is just letting go of that anxiousness that might come in of going, but that's what I've always done. That's what I always know because how do we know if there's something better or more supportive unless we have a play with it? Mm, absolutely. And, and you talked uh, about that control that that is so true, that sort of that rigidity that we often have in our lives with routines, our thinking, <laughs> that can be mm. one way that it will that be a big barrier to it. And I think that's, I mean, that's great advice. And also, you know, if you are, sort of listening and you found yourself really busy or, you, or you're realizing how busy your life is, you know, setting up things just to try and break your cycle can be good too. Um, so that, you know, if you're really busy at work, you haven't taken a day off, maybe take a day off, you know, slow down for a day. So you've got time to start connecting with the body as well. That way, listen, try and listen 
connect or, or feel you know connect with your body slow down do whatever you do so you can start to reconnect with what's going on within you because when we are so busy day to day it can be really difficult to try and do that so if we're kind of at least um, trying to break into those rigid cycles that we have then you're allowing time in your life to bring in that greater awareness as well i think that can be really useful too definitely so sam right now if if um you know you were considering how could i listen to my body more what what comes to you just practically personally yeah absolutely i mean i i I went a lot of the advice i give to people and what i've done for myself is just to try and slow down so if you if you're going for a walk um walk slowly go for a slow walk around the block and just try and listen to your heartbeat put your hand over your heart as you're walking Um, or if you're just sitting down taking some time just sit down for a few minutes and just start with your heart and your breathing and just find out how much it's racing Um, and then you kind of do like a mini body scan um, which is often you can find these guided meditations for this on youtube or there's lots of different apps which it just takes you through you paying attention to your whole body, starting at your feet, working your way up to your head. And you're just then getting your baseline of where what's normal for you at the moment. Um, but if you're dedicating that time just to do it slowly, you're really giving your the body the best chance to kind of to tap into it and just get a baseline of where you're at. And then you might find, gee, I'm actually quite busy, or, or my body feels really busy, I should say and really tense so it's a good indicator of where you're at or it might be actually okay and feeling calm but that's just the way to start for me and that's the that's kind of the techniques i use i'm like oh i can feel myself quite busy here i'm just going to tap in to where i'm at and as as you know your wise 18 year old person said it, it never really lies it always gives you an accurate reading when we know how to read it yeah <laughs> and it's always right so yeah let's work with that too in this coming week and uh, all the coming weeks just to feel an impulse from the body and then go for it and see how it feels like it's really quite simple it really is that isn't it yeah it is and and at other times when you're feeling an anxiousness or an anxiety your body's saying that you either got to support yourself more or there's something, and, and in supporting yourself more, it may be having a conversation. It may be that you've taken too much on and then saying, look, you know, there's too much here to complete. So when we feel an anxiousness, that's your body's marker to go, something needs attention here. So do we actually bring, you know, allow the space to give attention to what's happening or do we just push through it and go, well, that's what, that's what is expected of me in my position or that's what's expected of me as a father, a mother, a friend, etc. Or do we go, okay, I might not know exactly what the body's telling me, but I'm feeling a bit of anxiety or I'm feeling a bit of anxiousness or I'm feeling overwhelmed. So something's not right here. Something needs my focus. Even though you might not know the answer, allowing yourself to listen, to explore to see what your body's telling you and then trying different things and seeing what actually works for you so that you're not living in that pattern of anxiousness or overwhelm or pushing through. Yes, I think it's, I mean, it's, look, it's such powerful stuff when you can tap into it and 
I think the more we do all this stuff, then we can start to see what 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 the impact of our lifestyle and environment is on our body because we can when we're in tune with the body we can go oh gee actually it's when i get to work that there's a heart flutter or it's when i'm having a coffee mm. or maybe some sugary food or that adds to the tension or it's certain triggers maybe people in your life trigger you in the body and there's perhaps there's stuff that you can go oh okay i'm getting triggered every time around this person what's going on is this stuff that i need to sort out or let go of or reconcile is it a work situation that comes up um is it a situation i've got to deal with my kids that i'm i'm not comfortable with and and so the body can really start to help guide you in terms of your life circumstances and whether it be food the environment, people, it can really then help start to be your way in to sort of re-establish some balance and deal with some stuff and, and shift things to just help with your overall well-being. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no such thing as avoidance. We, we, think, we think we're getting away with it, but it just doesn't work because it will just manifest in something else. So, you know, it, 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 it's feeling when something's not right or something needs attention. You know, how about, how about we actually explore that and look at that? Because otherwise you're living with um, that drain the whole time. And, you know, we, we can feel that um, we might get away with certain things by not, not addressing it, but it always comes back and it might come back through different situations or different people triggering things but it, it, your body will definitely let you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and look, you know, uh, I think we're sort of coming to the end of the podcast and this is actually such a huge topic. So I just wanted to, before we finish up, just to say to anyone, if you've got any questions about this um, or any other balance and well-being topic or thoughts you may have or comments, we'd love to hear what you think. So please feel free to email us at info at parentsatwork.com.au and we'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, so we'll definitely be um, yeah, emailing and we'll, we'll be either, we can get back to you personally or if you've got topics that you want to talk about, uh, let us know because we'll be, um, it'll be an ongoing program. We'd love to hear your, your input. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, please do send those send those comments and questions through. Um, Katie, is there any sort of final comments or thoughts you have on this topic before we finish up? Yeah, just, I just um, offer in, as a recap is just allowing space to feel what your body's letting you know and, and playing with it, exploring it, seeing what works for you, seeing what doesn't work for you because otherwise we don't know that there's there's more opportunity to support ourselves. Yes, absolutely. And I think, I mean, I think that's, that's great advice and great words to finish up on. So we look forward to speaking to you next time on the Balance and Wellbeing podcast. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day.